that was a new intro. (laughs) Yeah, this is the Horseshoe Pride podcast. And if you were listening, if you're watching, that was a lovely new intro with a video. Uh, Chris apparently likes us a whole lot enough to make an intro for our podcast with all kinds of good Colts footage in there. I didn't make it. Uh, you didn't make out, it. Okay. Shout out to Roscoe. Roscoe. I'll get his Twitter name, his Twitter ad, and I'll give it to y'all at the end. But yeah, shout out to Roscoe. Shout out to Roscoe then. Yeah. All right. So Roscoe was kind enough to make us that. So now we, we are a little official. Uh, we're still getting ourselves together. So we don't really even have like a full rundown of like, hey, here's our podcast and all the wonderful things that it does. So I'm literally doing this off the top of my head uh, <laughs> because, you know, hey, what better way to make it than, you know, freestyle. Um, all right, so we have a really good rundown for tonight. Um, we've got Kev Boom is here, Chip's here, Justin couldn't make it, but he will probably be back next week. Um, and Boom's really excited. So if you hear a little extra in his voice, <laughs> it's been so long since he's he's seen us. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but here's our run of show for tonight. So we have are the Colts in a rebuild? We'll talk about that. Um we're going to talk about two pro days. So Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, both just had their pro days very recently. We'll talk about that. Uh, this is a topic that came up because uh, Chris Ballard left the door open on Monday. Other QBs the Colts could take that are not the top four prospects. We'll talk about that. Uh, day three steals or even general draft steals. A player that we feel like the Colts could draft that is under the radar. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk about what keeping Ryan Kelly and Kenny Moore means for the podcast so let's, let's roll back up to the top so chris and i have had this conversation a number of times about whether or not the colts are in a rebuild or not but i'd recently seen i think it was an article from joel erickson um uh and he was like hey is, are the colts in a rebuild and then i was in a space today uh shout out to deuce of red zone in the lab um i was in that space today and they were talking about franchises in general like are they in a rebuild? Are they not? Are the Panthers in a rebuild? Are they not? So it made me think about like, oh, that's a really nice, uh, really nice comment from uh, Undisputed Colts. Welcome. <laughs> uh, welcome. What's up? Um, but it made me think about like, what is your definition of a rebuild and retool and or this other word remodel, which is what I heard today. Um, and I thought it was interesting because Chris and I were <laughs> going back and forth for like, I don't know what, like two weeks about the definition of this. So I'm curious, I want to bring it back to the timeline, like now that free agency is is here and we are retooling this roster or adding to this roster, like, Kev, I'm going to start with you. What is your definition of like a rebuild? Well, I wrote down remodel so I can look up and figure out exactly what that is going to entail because that that's got me intrigued. But for a rebuild, I mean, to me, a true rebuild includes what I usually like to call a fire sale. Um, for instance, and Meg, I think you and I talked about this on Tuesday, shameless plug, but, um, I kind of got the feeling that, uh, talking about Kelly and Moore, who we'll talk about later that like, that would have been a sign of a true commitment to a rebuild to move off from pieces like that. So I'm really conflicted here. I personally am not sold that this team isn't in need of a rebuild, but in my opinion, it's apparent that the front office is sold that they don't have to rebuild. Otherwise I think they would have done things a little differently so far. So I I have to think that the Colts do not believe they are rebuilding. Uh, They they would maybe lean towards the remodel, uh, which, but you know, remodeling can be kind of expensive. I don't know if that's such a great idea, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Boom. What do you think? What's your definition of a, like a rebuild or a remodel? Um, I think I said this probably, uh, I want to say maybe a week or so ago. Um, I don't see this as a rebuild. Um, rebuild means you tear everything down and you just start again from the, that's including foundation. You just tear everything down and you just start new. I really think this is more of a renovation. You know, you keep the foundation, um, you keep the cornerstones, you know, you basically, just you know you might add a room or so here and there but you really doing a lot of the grit and grind on the interior of the building which i feel like is what's happening because you know you get rid of your of your coaching staff and you know now you have to you know bring in another culture so when you bring in another culture that's you know bringing in um 
just another interior just to basically show off everything that you got. And, you know, now you're possibly, well, nine times out of 10, you're going to draft a new quarterback. That can be, you know, some better um, specs that's going on within the inside of your of your renovation. So I really feel like it's more of a renovation because we didn't get rid of, you know, our quality guys like uh, Q and Buck and Shaq and Kenny, you know, a lot of our core guys that we really could have, if we, if we started trading them, like if I would have seen Buck get traded or even Shaq or Kenny get traded or maybe Kelly get released, then I would have been like, yeah, this is more of a rebuild. But when you keep those guys, you're keeping your cornerstones. So what you're basically doing, you know, is you're renovating. Okay. All right. Chip, are you are you of that same thought process? What do you think? So I, I think I'm not sure it's even a relevant question in 2023. What, what is a rebuild? Look at the, the average time it takes to change over an NFL roster two to three years. What's the average playing time tenure of an NFL player? It's like three and a half years. Teams are constantly changing over. It's not the same thing that, that we saw 20 years ago, where it really was an effort to rebuild a team. You had a different cap structure that you really had to work within and really trade or cut a lot of your high value players to make a major change. You don't have to do that now because the cap's so high that if you have good cap management, that you, you can just change pieces and get better. And you're, it's not like a rebuild that, that I think we're all used to seeing. Um, the Colts, to uh, they're missing the, the, the foundation, the quarterback. The Colts have been missing the, the quarterback foundation since Luck retired. That's, our, that's the big problem. And they're never going to be where they want to go until they solve the quarterback problem. I don't think that means that they're in a rebuild now. They're just continually trying to get better. Now that is a unique perspective. I was not expecting that, but I like it. I like it a lot. I won't even ask Chris because I know I know Chris's answer. Um, <laughs> but oh, hold on. <laughs> you know, Chip Chip provides a valid argument. So you know, I, I may be on the fence with this one a little bit because I mean, I was on the fence anyway, and I don't know. The team is confusing. Like it's it's hard to really understand what we are at any point in time over the past six years. So like I said, Chip makes a very, you know, very good argument that, you know, it's not necessarily a rebuild. It's just changeover or turnover pretty much. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, my argument, my argument has been that it is a rebuild, but probably not in the way that we think. Uh, and Mike from Torn the AFC South says, Colter in an illusionistic rebuild. That's a big word. Uh, they're creating an optical illusion of competing, but they re- they're really rebuilding on the sly. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think the thing he with wins. the Colts is, yeah, I was going to say, um, I think the thing with the Colts is that, like, it most people probably don't consider it a rebuild because like the core of your defense is still there, right? You still have some pieces on offense, right? Like you're not completely gutting the inside, but where I think rebuild is that this coaching staff is brand new. Like you're talking about eight to nine new faces. You're talking about also a a franchise quarterback. That's going to be brand new. Um, I, the identity of the team changes and so do the expectations. And that's where I say rebuild because you're having to literally rebuild the expectations here, right? Like Chris Ballard said at the end of the season, yeah, I didn't do a good job of managing expectations because it was, Oh, well, the Colts are just a quarterback away. You'll just plug and play. And no, it wasn't just that you've got all these, you know, all these holes in the roster that need to be filled. So I just, you know, hey, for what it's worth, I thought it was worth bringing it back up because it seems to be a current topic right now on Twitter and uh, on Facebook, definitely on Colts Facebook. Woo, heavy in the in the uh, the comments there. Um, <laughs> Mike said I, I use big words sometimes. I borrow them from Dominique Foxworth. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought it was worth that considering like, hey, we're, we're making some of these key decisions like who's going to be quarterback. So want to bring it up. Uh, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, both just had their pro days. And if you've been on Twitter, if you've been on Facebook, like your, your mentions are probably in ruins, just like mine are in ruins, um, about these pro days, uh, (laughs) with everyone's thoughts about who we're going to take, 
Um, and boom, I want to get your thoughts. Let's go with Will Levis first, because that was the first pro day. Like, what did you see that you liked out of Will Levis that you thought, like, hey, he could be a good fit for the Colts? You chose me first because you know I do not like this dude. <laughs> I chose you first because you, you said that you were short on time. And I'm like, hey, nothing, I, I, nothing. I, oh, no, nothing. Oh, no, boo. nothing. Because <laughs> I just, so, boom. I'm sorry, I just can't. The the kid, oh my gosh, the D two kid is better than him. Um, I think his name is Tyler something. Uh, but he's better. Like I just with Will, I think he's trying too much. If he was just, I feel like if he was just more humble, and he, you know, his work ethic actually showed, then maybe I would be like, okay, like if the media wasn't pumping him to be like a top ten pick then I'll be like, this kid is a good value pick. Like, literally, second. Not a value pick, boom. <laughs> value pick. Mid-second, early third. Yeah, we can go there. Like, I will be like, yeah, go get him. Like, that's a good pick. Go get him. But a first round, I think he would even be a reach if he was selected in the 20s. Like, I just, I don't, I don't see it in the kid. I just, oh I don't. Boom, I you don't. are I don't. up. He is cutting up. I don't, I don't see it in the kid. Um, I had some hope for him. Like when I heard he had, I think he broke his finger. I was like, okay, he's still playing. Let's go. Let's go. But then as I started watching film, I was like, no. And when they started saying that he was could possibly be drafted number one, I said, who, like, I want to sell whatever y'all are on because I don't understand why you would even think that. But, uh, I mean, you know, he has a cannon for an arm. Um, so did uh what is his name? Uh Jeff George. Jeff <laughs> no, nope, not even him. Uh I what's the kid? Pa Paxton Lynch. <laughs> like uh he Jacob Eason. Did anybody does anybody remember we had the kid just reminds me of Blake Bortles? Matter of fact, Blake Bortles and Jake Locker. Like, no. Oh, oh Mid-second, early third. We that that I would I'd be like, yeah, go get him. But a first round top 10, get out my face. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there was a comment I wanted to bring up, and I think uh, it said, I think Will Levis gets unfair treatment, especially in comparison to other – there it goes. In comparison to other what? QBs, Kentucky's O-line was awful. Dude played through injury, bulked up in offseason, played multiple games hurt. Um, I thought that was oh. – it's, it's a fair It's a fair comment. It's a fair comment. Let me but, but hold on. Wait, Meg. Does anybody remember what he did last year? He basically low-key had the same numbers. Well, okay, so we got into a conversation, I think, earlier in the week about, like, Kevin and I did about Will Levis from 2021 to 2022, and I made the argument that, like, hey, those numbers weren't, they weren't the 2021 numbers, right? Like, there was a lot of factors as to why his numbers were down in 2022. A lot of it had to do with playing hurt, not having a great supporting cast, different OC, like, there's a lot of things going on. But the issue is you can't ignore the 2022 numbers because if you take them out, mm -hmm. like you only got one formidable season out of Will Levis that you can say, hey, this is my body of work. Exactly. And while it's a good season or it's a solid season, it's not it's 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 not providing the full picture that you would want for Will Levis. Right. Like and that's and that's why, for example, there's so many questions on Anthony Richardson because he only has 13 games and people are wanting more from him. Right. Like they want to see more. So that's but, why I'm like, you got to take that into consideration that like he needs these two seasons so you could put together some sort of solid evaluation for him. But the thing uh, with, I, I would say the thing with Anthony Richardson, for one, I mean, yeah, he only has really one year of, of starting work, but also he's 20 years old and you can see the potential in him, right? You can, he's being compared to Josh Allen. What What team doesn't want Josh Allen right now? Besides Kansas City, like what team doesn't want Josh Allen in their in their backfield, being able to do both literally, and to have this kid, he's faster than Josh Allen, probably has a, if probably the same amount of arm strength as Josh Allen, and if you put him with this team, let's be real here, you got him and JT in the backfield, I guarantee you, no DN is going to want to rush up the field like they have the past couple seasons. Because now you have to worry if he's going to get outside that pocket. And you know he's stupid fast, like dumb, crazy fast. 
do you really want to chance that? Like, do you really want to do you? This is not it won't be the coach teams of the past couple years where, you know, that QB is going to stay in that pocket. Now, nah, now you actually got to be like, OK, I got to keep an eye on him. And when you make that when you make these defenses and these DNs play honest, where they actually have to say, OK, if I get upfield, like, am I going to, is he going to get outside the pocket? And if he get outside the pocket and Anthony Pierce or uh, Isaiah McKinney is running downfield, he's going to get that ball to him because of, of his arm. It's either going to be his arm or his legs. Pick your poison. And that's something I don't think Will Levis can do. He's not, he's not, he's not as big. He's not as fast. They might have the same type of arm per se, but I would rather choose the bigger, stronger, faster kid, the most ap- the most athletic one that is younger. He's 20. Like, come on now. 10 years in the game, he's what, 30 years old? Like, that's 10 years. Most court most of these quarterbacks will be like maybe what year five or six, and he'll be 10 years in the game. You got a possibility of having him maybe. 15 to 17 years. So, Boom, you just said a whole lot. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not a talent evaluator. I'm a fan. But I, I do know that numbers aren't everything. Statistics aren't everything. Physical metrics aren't everything. How's your decision-making? What's your toolbox look like? And how how fast are you mentally? Can you read NFL defenses? Can you run an NFL offense? And can you make decisions fast enough to make the, the, the shift from college to the NFL? Those things, in my opinion, are way more important because you can't you, 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 you can only teach those so much. And your 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 metrics can only take you so far. I don't know where these four uh, quarterbacks fit in that because I'm not a talent evaluator and I haven't looked at all the film. Um but I, 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 I do think that we have to look beyond just what, what numbers are and what records are. Yeah, I, I, so it was, uh, let me say this. It was not my intent to, to, to like set boom off. It was more so to get his thoughts <laughs> on the list. Like, hey, I'm sorry. Pass, I'm sorry. You should have cho- chose me last. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was also but, trying to be efficient because I know you're, you know, you're on, you're on time for press for time as well. You're trying yeah. to hop on, hop on. Uh, yeah. But-, but hold on, I got one more thing, one more thing on this. The team that the the player that goes to the Texans is going to have the hardest time, and I say that because they don't have the weapons to surround him. The defense is is iffy. Um. And let's be real. I can honestly see whoever they draft. I can honestly see the same scenario as what the Jets did with Zach Wilson. You get a defensive minded coach, you get a defensive minded coach and you don't get a strong offensive coordinator or, and you don't have the actual weapons to surround him with. So you're actually putting him in a, in a spot where he's going to be running for his life. They want it. It's like they want another uh, David Carr. You know, I would I would push back on that, though, because I would say that with D'Amico Ryans, you're getting you're getting. First of all, the organization believes in him. That's the first thing like that. They are bought into whatever D'Amico Ryans is selling. Like start there, like from a character perspective, they absolutely love him. The other thing is they went out and put pieces around him that like Ryan is going to put his name to. So you got, I think Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator. I believe, I, I believe that's it. Um, but the other thing is, is that they have what 12 draft picks. I think it's 12. I believe it's 12. Um, a, a number of opportunities to put wealth and talent around this young quarterback. So let's say it's Bryce Young. We're going to assume it's Bryce Young. You go get Bryce at two, you come back at 12, you go get, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12. I mean, you could take your pick, whoever you want at 12. That's a high wide receiver. They could come back again and double. I mean, they could double or even triple on wide receiver and still probably not have enough, honestly, for their, for their depth. But my point being is that they, they have the ability to add some, add some depth there. They've been working in free agency, putting some key, some really nice key pieces there. Um, I think the Texans are going to be a lot better than people think that they will be. Um, I would be curious to see 
what they look like um, offensively. But I, I would say that Bryce Young is a smart enough quarterback that he will have them humming much sooner than later. I would think probably give him like eight or nine games and we'll see where we are, you know, with the Texans or whatever else. But um, I, I, I don't think the Texans are going to struggle as much as people think we are. And, and frankly, here's the thing. I don't want them to struggle. I really don't. I want them to be the best. I want them to be so good so that when we do beat them, that we know that we were beating elite competition, right? Like that's, that's how I think. Cause I'm like, I don't want you being trash. No, I won't. If I'm, if I'm going to make my way all the way up to, you know, the top of the top of the crop here, I want to beat every single good team along the way. And that includes teams in our division. If they're great teams outside of our division, like that's just how I feel. Chris, you've been quiet over there. So I'm wondering what you're thinking. Cause all you've been doing is smiling. <laughs> I'm just laughing at y'all. Cause y'all are going off. Um, <laughs> it's boom. La- I, I blame boom. I blame. And boom. I'm laughing at some of these, uh, you know, the comments and everything. Um, my boy Moon Vibes, <clears throat> he asked, "How much faith do we have in Chris Ballard for this draft?" Um, I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Two and a half percent. Um, yeah, wow, I mean, boom. <laughs> I'm higher than that. I'm higher. I was gonna say I'm, I'm higher than that. Um, yeah. I don't have much faith in Chris Ballard to build a team, but one thing I know he can do is he can do pretty well in the draft. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I don't remember how many draft picks we have. I know we don't have a lot, so we he's going to have to, we have nine. So he's going to have to be efficient. And, and I think three of those nine are in the fifth round. So they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's going to have to be very efficient in this draft, especially in the fifth round where we have three picks. Um, and we need a lot of help to, you know, put together this team. And we ain't we free agency is free agency for us, so we know what we're doing there, which is a lot of nothing. Um, but we got our kicker though. <laughs> we got our kicker. No, listen, so, listen, just because it wasn't splashy doesn't mean it was a lot of nothing. It's a lot of nothing. Um, I mean and if, and if Chris Ballard wants to be if Chris Ballard wants to be efficient with draft picks, he can always trade back out of four and maybe pick up a couple more. <laughs> In the first that, round, that is please true. don't is please true. don't speak I, that into existence. I was waiting for somebody. Be, to I'm not saying that. I want it. I'm saying I know Chris Ballard. It, okay, thank you, thank you for saying that. I, I I have been saying that. I have been saying that all week, and he left the door open on Monday when he said, "Oh, everyone's been talking about these top four guys." And, you know, we're going to look at all the guys. We're going to look at whoever is best for us. And we're going to pick someone to win. So maybe that's a good transition into, like, well, the next We haven't even given summer. all our – well, I guess, you know. Oh, we haven't, we haven't even, given, even talked about Anthony Richardson. We haven't talked about Anthony Richardson. We've I blame been, Boone Levis, for this. really. Only Boone oh. got to talk about Levis. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I actually did have some positive takeaways from his pro days if, but, if we uh... – Hey, so I had – You know where I'm at with, a, with AR-15. So we, we are good, but – I, I love y'all. I do got to get out of here because I got to get in here. Um, I would definitely see y'all on Twitter or next sure. time. Okay. Boom just basically came, like, caused chaos and left. <laughs> yes. He's Brother that fire starter girl in the meme right now. He's just looking at this. <laughs> hey, I love y'all. I'll see y'all later. All right, Boom. <laughs> Oh my gosh! If so, this is your first time watching us, by the way, Boom is not usually like that. He really isn't. I think he just was well, like. Well, you've oh. a lot of people, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> he was on eleven. Uh, maybe you know he's usually at like a nine. Yeah. To Mike's point, Boom went like scorched earth. He was like, "Oh, well, eleven's great. Let me just unload real quick." And I'm over here like, "Can we get an honest opinion, please? I would love to get your thoughts." Like I was being genuine. Like, hey. What did you see that you liked? <laughs> see, I, uh, I mean, there's some negatives in there with Will Levis for real. I mean, from the con- from the combine to his pro day, um, not that he- we saw a decline, but he he was missing a lot towards the sideline on the out routes. You know, he was missing high um, and things like that. But we all know he has a cannon for an arm, and the same knock that I give Anthony Richardson is the same knock I give him as far as they don't know how to throttle, like they don't know how to uh, feather the clutch. Like they, they just got to throw a hundred miles per hour, no matter what the route is. It could be, it, you know, five yard in a slant out route, whatever you're going to get the ball at a hundred miles per hour. And so that, those are, 
those are two one of my issues with both of them. Um, but I mean, Will Levis, we know he has a big, strong arm. Uh, he's twitchy. Like when you see him roll out, he's kind of twitchy when he rolls out. He's he may not be the fastest, but he does have quick feet. He's he came from a pro style offense. Um, so I mean that helps him because oh, I forget the I forget the heck or the offensive coordinator's name um from 2021. But you know, he he's done things with the Rams with uh Sean McVay and all of that. So he's ran a legit pro offense. And you know, coming into the league, that's gonna that's gonna help him a lot, depending on where he goes, to be honest. Um, if he goes to the Raiders, then that'll be good for them, especially he can sit a couple years or maybe a year and a half, a year. Whatever. Six games at best. Well, I'm, see, I'm I, was trying trying to be be a, here, I was trying to be a little nice to Jimmy Garoppolo. But, <laughs> but. Okay, eight games. <laughs> Listen, I said it the other day, like, I can't I can't see a world in which if the Colts draft Levis or Richardson where, like, there's, like, they're going to sit six games, like, more than six games, right? Yeah. Like, even if Gardner Minshew is rolled out there week one, like, he's not playing. He's not playing the entire season. Like, you're going to see Will Levis at some point, or you're going to see Anthony Richardson. Or, heck, it might not even be either one of them as much as we're talking about this. Like, somebody other than Gardner Minshew will be out there, I think, come week six. Hendon Hooker sits for a few weeks probably because physically he's not even taking the field until, like, August most likely. Uh, Otherwise, if you draft somebody in the first round, why are you sitting them on the bench? They're going to be out there playing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the thing is, and, and we'll also talk about this with Anthony Richardson's pro day too, because uh, I, I we didn't get there because boom, just kind of caused chaos. Um, but <laughs> but um, I think with, with Richardson's pro day, one of the things that I pointed out was that, yeah, his sideline passes looked a lot better um, just from for, – from four weeks ago. So you could tell he's been working on them. I was still, and I tweeted this out. Like I would still like to see him, you know, rope them in just a little bit more be a little more crisp out there, but they certainly looked better than, than, uh, than the combine. And then I think it also helps he's thrown to his own guys. Right. So they, they're, you know, he's not thrown to a bunch of randoms who he hasn't had, you know, connections with. Um, I still saw with Anthony Richardson, some high throws. Um, you could just tell like that cannon, he's trying to learn to like hone it in instead of just pop it out there. Um, but overall, I thought his pro day went, you know, I didn't see anything that was like earth shattering or anything else like that. Um, I think it would have been hurtful towards him if his pro day was terrible. Oh, oh there's Justin. <laughs> I just saw Justin's comment. Oh, gosh. All right. J- Justin's probably going to come through and cause even more chaos now that Boom, <laughs> boom is left. Um, but, uh, I, you know, overall, I thought he had a, a pretty solid pro day. There was nothing, again, there was nothing out there that I thought was like, hey, going to move the needle. Um, I think if I'm looking at pro days, you know, Will Levis to the Anthony Richardson, they both had about the pro days I thought that they were going to have. Like, nobody had a pro day that I was like, you know what, this is going to change my opinion on this guy. Nah, it, was, it wasn't that at all. Um, so, and, you know, hey, they were having fun out there. Anthony Richardson purposely hit the upper beam because Will Levis hit it. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask who had the better ceiling shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I just thought it was funny that he purposely did that because they asked him about it afterwards, and he's like, "Oh well, Will Levis did it, so I had to do it." But I, what is it like? Three out of the four quarterbacks hit the top of the hit the ceiling, so it was like because yeah, I think CJ hit what the net that they have or something. Yeah, like that. Actually, I think all of them hit the ceiling at some point. I think because yeah. Bryce had one that hit the ceiling, kind of fell short, I believe. So yeah. I think all four of them have, you know. You know what? Now that you're saying, yes, I know exactly the throw that you're yeah. talking about. Yes, it hit the ceiling and like ricocheted like down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I again, these pro days, these pro days are basically like almost like the underwear Olympics. You know, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't get too too excited about them because it's basically it's like, hey, a bunch of guys in sweats like throwing, you know, throwing around or whatever else, and you're like, oh, great. Everything looks fantastic. All right, let's go put you in some live game action. Like, let's see how you respond there, which is why I always tell people, like, take pro days with a grain of salt because we all saw Zach Wilson have this phenomenal pro day. Everyone's ranting and raving about how much of a cannon of an army is. He's got some crazy throws, and now look at him. They're, you know, He's not even a starting quarterback of his own team. So, Hey, Heal, you know, you make a valid point. I would say – any of these quarterback prospects are doing things because one of the other quarterback prospects did it. It's like, 
they're living rent free in each other's heads. You look at Peyton Manning, he's not caring what anybody else was doing. He, he was out there telling Jim Irsay he'd make him regret it if he didn't draft him. He didn't care what Ryan Leaf was doing in his pro day. So, yeah, that's a, it, it's a valid point. But I, my whole thing is I don't think there's enough separation among all four of these top prospects uh, that uh, the Colts should consider giving away draft picks to move up a spot to get any one of them. That that's really my my only takeaway here. The, the Colts should not give away draft capital for any one of these players, unless somehow maybe Stroud somehow dropped and they thought there was a chance of not getting him. He bet maybe the only one that I would consider it. Otherwise, I think if you like any one of the four, you take them at four. Otherwise, you consider other options. But in in no case do you give away the few draft picks that you have to try to move up one spot to get one versus another. So that makes me think about uh, the next topics that we had, and maybe we can blend these two together. So the things that we had talked about, we wanted to chat through was other quarterbacks the Colts could take and then any other players, um, you know, that are late round uh, possibilities. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Um, I feel like I'm talking a lot today. I'm hosting a lot today, but you know, Hey, we'll roll with it. Chris just threw me out to the wolves early. He was like, Hey, you're the content planner. Like <laughs> you make up the topics, Meg. Thanks. Appreciate it. You make them up, Meg. You, you're good at that. <laughs> You're good at the to- at the topics. They always they always fire. So you know, we good with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So late round quarterback possibilities. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to be late round either. But and then Hooker is always one of those possibilities, in my opinion. Um, Jaron Hall out of BYU. I think the Colts like him a lot as well. Maybe not like him a, a lot, but they're looking at him. Um. And I could, I guess I could see Tanner McKee. You know, I, I, I'll I push that agenda all day. Um, not that I want Tanner in Indy, but, you know, he's a Stafford guy. So why not? Davis Mills 2.0. I was just, I was like, I know somebody's going to say, I'm like, somebody's going to either say Tanner <laughs> McKee or Max Duggan. Like somebody's going to say it and I'm just going to unravel. See, Max is too. So they talk about Anthony Richardson being raw. Max Duggan is a raw prospect at quarterback. Not saying he's going to be good if he finally develops, but um, he, yeah, the man's never worked with a quarterback coach ever. So there's that too. I feel like he had the one good game against uh, against Michigan, and then he just, I mean, he looked horrific after that. Completely horrific. It didn't get any better. Um, at the senior bowl, like he c- was completely, completely unraveled at the senior bowl, like just looked all out of sorts. Um, so yeah, ever since then, I've been like, nah, I'm out. Kev, you've been quiet. What you, what you got? Um, which by the way, side note, I don't think, I, I don't think we ever got, yes, I was going to say, I don't think we ever got, there it is. I was like, I don't think we ever got your comments on, on Will Levis because of boom. So any high level thoughts you had from Yeah, from I was I was Levis? like, oh god, guys, I did most of my research today on AR and Levis, so if we don't talk about that, I don't have much for you. So um yeah, sorry about that. Um I'm going to take it back, I guess, to them real quick. I do want to say that uh, one of the things that I saw from Levis that I did see an improvement on in the pro day was the footwork. That was one of the big uh, marks I had when a question mark that I had for him uh, coming into it. So I spent a lot of time looking at that dude's feet during the pro day. And I, I do uh, like what I saw there. Um, and then just generally speaking outside of the pro day, I really like uh, the, between the two, he's got uh, much more accuracy on the run. So he's uh, far better uh, percentage wise speaking with the adjusted uh, accuracy rating there. So, I don't know. It, my general feeling between these two and what, because Anthony Richardson confuses me because in the same sentence, I heard this guy's he's one of one, but you have to use your imagination. And for the life <laughs> of me, I can't figure out if that's supposed to be a compliment or not. And I kind of feel like that's just what a lot of people say about Anthony Richardson. It's just, Oh, the potential is there. We didn't see it in high school. We didn't see it in college, but the potential's there. Someone's going to find it someday. And I don't know, for me personally, I'm just, I'm really hard pressed at four 
to be like, yeah, we're going all in. So I don't know for me, I'm not in love with either of these guys at four. Um, but as far as the pro days, um, I didn't see anything uh, from Richardson that would like, I kind of agree with Meg in the sense that I didn't see anything that changed my perspective uh, in sort of a, a big ground uh, shifting way. Uh, I did. So my stock for Levis went up slightly, I would say watching his pro day and my AR stock um, kind of stayed about the same. I mean, you know, yeah, he threw it into the roof and that was hilarious. I loved that. But uh, my whole thing with, with Richardson is out of all of these top four, I'm looking at it right now, his uncatchable pass percentage when kept clean is uh, the highest above everyone. Almost a quarter of the passes he throws untouched are uncatchable. And that's just, uh, that's a that's a bit scary for me. So uh, those are my thoughts there. As far as the far as the late round quarterbacks um don't tell any of the people that i know this uh but i i wouldn't be a, i wouldn't be mad at aiden o'connell as a project you know i'm not I knowing I, you didn't hear me say that like, nope <laughs> you didn't hear me say it i didn't say it you'll never get to prove it unless someone's clipping me right now i'm going but... to clip it i'm gonna post it all over Twitter. <laughs> the give me hayden hooker though i'm a volunteer Who's Hayden? You mean Hendon? Hendon, sorry. Did Hendon I say Hayden? Hooker. Yeah, you yeah. said God. Hayden Hooker. Now I'm really getting clipped. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been fun. I got to go, too. I have a thing just like Boom did. I got to – I'll see you guys later. Oh, man. Okay. Well, that, okay. So that was – Mike said honestly... he clipped it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll say this. I think that you don't have to be pressed into taking a quarterback at four, right? Like, again, uh, Zach Kiefer said it weeks ago. He said that the Colts don't feel like there's a Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence in this draft where they would be like, yeah, let's go ahead and get our guy at four. Um, so don't be shocked necessarily like if it's not, you know, a Will Levis, if it's not an Anthony Richardson, if it's not even a quarterback period at four. Like, don't be shocked. And to, to Chip's point earlier, do you know Chris Ballard? Like, have you met the man? Have you watched his tendencies? Because we all know. We have seen. <laughs> we have seen trade what happens. Yeah, I must say, he is the trade back king. Like, he will go pick up picks in a minute in a hurry if he doesn't feel like what he sees on the board is of value. So, I think, uh, I think that what you could see there is either CB or, or edge potentially there as well. Or again, of course, like I said, the other possibility is that we just completely trade back out of not completely trade back. Oh, there's Justin. It's Justin. Justin and come. Hey Hello, guys. Justin. Hi. <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> now it's, a party. Now it's <laughs> definitely a party. Listen, Justin, you missed all the chaos. Like, I asked a genuine question about Will Levis, and boom, unraveled. Like, completely unraveled. Like, For real? <laughs> I was he got everyone's the, name right, though. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was trying to give him the floor to, you know, to talk about Will Levis's pro day, and it was just, it went into, mm. like, a rant. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. No, nah, man. It's, it's, it's cool. Will Levis. Well, it, was, it seems like he's getting under everybody's skin in the Colts Nation. He's definitely dividing people. Let me say that. Like I was saying it earlier, my mentions have been in ruins all week about whether or not it's going to be Will Levis or it's going to be Anthony Richardson. And now Hidden yeah. Hooker's getting thrown in there too because uh, you know he had that top 30 visit with the Colts. And um, just I think people are just itching. They're just itching for any sort of like – just inkling something. of something yeah. that says, "Hey, the Colts are gonna go this way." Um, yeah. So, all right. I don't, I don't um, know. I think I don't think Hayden, Hayden Hooker would be the the ideal choice, especially at four. Hell no. I'm not the only one. See, it's an easy thing to do, guys. It's, it's easy. Hendon, Hendon I know Hendon. what his name is. I just can't <laughs> oh, say Hendon it Hooker. right. My name oh. says it. My my mouth says it wrong. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I totally thought you. you were throwing shade there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. I was dead serious. I was dead serious. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Mike oh. got the joke. Mike got the joke. <laughs> Justin came in after his beard treatment, said he's ready to go now. <laughs> so I want to I want to address this real quick. Uh, Moonvise said, "Would y'all take a swing at the best player in the draft in Jalen Carter?" And um, to be mm. honest, knowing Chris Ballard, nah, he's yep. not. He's not going to go after Jalen Carter. He's had. He might have been a tremendous football player at Georgia and, you know, tremendous guy 
on the field and off the field, but this past off season yeah, has been much. it's been too much for him. Um, the the information coming out about you know them racing when mm-hmm. his friend died, uh, and then also uh, he got another speeding ticket or he was caught speeding again. They released like dash cam footage or something like that, and the officer apparently had told him that um, you know I'm not going to put your name out there, but they released that that footage. So not only did he have the speeding incident that caused his friend or the you know racing incident that caused his friend to die or his teammate to die, but then he also had another speeding ticket after that or a speeding incident after that. And it's just it's just too much. Yeah. And then your pro day, you're out of shape. Your pro day, you're out of shape. Um, you're 10 pounds heavier, you're catching cramps, things like that. Ballard Ballard's not gonna take a chance on that. Um I think I'm not gonna let slide though. I'm not saying he's a terrible dude. I'm just saying knowing our our GM, he's not gonna take a chance on that. Mm-hmm. Would agree. Uh, would agree. I think I think I would have let that slide though, the, the, the pro day stuff. Cause the stuff, like you said, the stuff that he just went through, I'm pretty sure the last thing he was thinking about was training. I mean, I would I would agree with you in I would agree with you in under other circumstances, but this is this is your profession now. This is your job now. This That's shows true. this shows work. This shows like what's your work ethic? What are you gonna do when no one's watching? This right? When like yeah, high like, character time is supposed right. To this shine. is this is when your character should shine. Yeah. Should shine. So I, I mean, would expect honest, him to have know come he was in. Be a queen man. Literally makes a difference of millions of dollars. Right. Correct. Well, yeah. just like Miller Miller from Alabama, you know that got roped in with. The young lady mm-hmm. getting killed and everything in Alabama, when his name had dropped the night before they had the game against, I think Arkansas, mm-hmm. and then he went out there in Arkansas and dropped forty. So it just it shows you your focus, and I'm not I'm not you know, <laughs> whatever, but it just shows your focus. It, I'm just saying it's, it's a trying time for him, I'm sure, because yeah. <laughs> that that right there, yeah, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was a tough time for him. But yeah, yeah and he was I, still I would... able to stay focused. I would say this. I would say that, yeah, like he's in a tough spot, right? Like his his friend has passed away. They had another staffer, a young lady that passed away. It's a tough situation to be in. We don't know the full details of the story there, so I don't want to speculate on that. But the fact that he was involved in something like that or linked to something of that nature, you know, around racing or things like that. Um, I think that's enough for Chris Ballard to be like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be like, and it's, it's not that Ballard has anything against Jalen per se, but we all know how Ballard is. He's extremely high on character. He said it since his early days. I mean, we first thing he comes in and says he values character. Heck, that's why half the people are still on the roster is because he values character. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest. That's just why, you know, people are there. But I think if you're going to take a, a pick at four, you need to be absolutely sold on the guy, right? Like, even if the pick was, even if we were taking the pick at, I don't know, 15, right? Like, they still got to be sold on said guy. And that doesn't change. I think it just you know, puts a little bit more emphasis on it at four. So I, that's why I don't, I don't see the Colts going, you know, I don't see the Colts doing that. All right. So we had some good conversation here going. Um, let's talk, let's also ask about this. So is there any steals uh, in the later rounds, um, a player that you think that, you, you know, the Colts could possibly draft that's under the radar that you would love for them to draft. I have a, fo- a couple of them, but I won't say them because Chris is going to be a hater. Um, so <laughs> I will let you guys go first. <laughs> uh, Chip, anybody on your radar that you were like, hey, I like this guy. It would be great if the Colts could draft him. So I'm going to be 100% honest, honest. I am a total homer when it comes to the draft. I just watch the draft, look at who the Colts pick, and think about how awesome they're going to make the team. That's how I approach the draft. <laughs> I, I um, it, maybe it's because it's it's time with like the real world that I don't spend a lot of time digging into draft prospects. I just enjoy the fan experience with the draft. So no, I'm not I'm not targeting any any gems in in the draft. I'm just looking forward to see who we take. Okay, okay. Uh, Kev, who you got on your list? I'm gonna maybe steal one of Celu's. Um, uh, well, oh man, and now I'm gonna mess up the name. Um, Minnesota running back. That's what uh, I was thinking about. Yeah, oh, Ibrahim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not that it's necessarily a need, but we're talking like a real steal. And I've seen a lot of mocks where this guy's getting taken in the seventh round. And I, I don't know. He's just a 
really talented back to me. So that's just one of the first names that pops up on my head. A lot of the guys that I've been infatuated with are mid-round guys, like the corner out of TCU Tomlinson. And I don't know if I'm going to consider that a steal. If, again, I was able in a mock to grab him in the fourth round, and that felt like a steal to me in my mock. But uh, So there, there are some guys like that that I'm really excited about that I don't know if they'll be a steal. You know, um, so, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had some good luck with my mock DeAndre, the giant in the second round. I didn't expect him to come to us at 35. So things like that. When it comes to the late round, I really think, you know, that's the type where you start to look at some guys that, you know, have high on potential, but maybe low on uh, uh, proven, you know, maybe low on tape or whatever. Guys who haven't seen the field a lot, but they've got some high upside. So I don't know. Uh, what what have you got? See, you got anybody that's uh, caught your eye in those late rounds? Yeah, so um, Mike said one of them, uh, Cedric Tillman, um, the receiver out of Tennessee. So he was hurt a lot this year. But, like, if you knew about him coming into the season, he was supposed to be, like, the guy at Tennessee. And then Jalen Hyatt came onto the scene, which Tillman is a more well more well-rounded receiver than Jalen Hyatt. Um, another one who I've seen, like, mocked to the fourth round is Jonathan Mingo. Um, 6'2", 220 pounds, runs a 4440, um, 39.5, I believe, inch broad or high jump. So those are two receivers that I, I guess kind of late round that you could see going, but they have some real good upside. Um, both of them. I think if Jonathan Mingo can really develop, he's a bigger, slightly more explosive AJ Brown. Some good ones. Justin, who you got on your list? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the <laughs> the defensive tackle from uh, uh Texas, uh, it, it's an African name. Um, and is, I don't want to butcher it. Like O J O M I or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher it. But you know, that guy. Um, I think we do need depth at at defensive tackle. And from some of the tape that I did look at at uh. Texas, he was, he was, he was, he was tough. He was decent, honestly, you know, especially to come in and spell for either one of the two defensive tackles that we got right now. Um, and then um, the Minnesota running back, I think he, he, he looked good. He looked real good. And I think him and JT will make a, a good backfield. I like and those. To, to answer Mike about Tillman fitting Ballard's, you know, likes, yeah, that's true, but we have like five, six, four receivers, and we can't put all of them out on the field at one time. Exactly. Um, we need we need another six foot receiver that like the one we just lost, so that could help a little bit. But or maybe smaller, you know, maybe a Tank Dell or something. I don't know. Somebody that can do some athletic stuff out there mm-hmm. <laughs> with the ball in their hand. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we can get another six foot receiver at this point. We have too many. I mean, I could name, you know, I could name my my guy that I have a crush on, but <sighs> Chris is a hater, so I'll just carry on. Um, no, they will, they Jalen Reed, right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Jalen Reed. Isn't it Jalen, right? Jalen Reed? Jaden Reed from yeah, Michigan Reed, State. Jaden Reed. Yeah. Ooh, just messing up names today, huh? Oh. <laughs> All kinds yeah, I, of even, I don't even want to do that. Yeah, yeah um, Jaden Reed. He's on he's on my list. Uh, now he is a smaller wide receiver for Chris Ballard. Like he's not your big body guy, but he is a tactician at route running. I mean, and if you again, if you watch Senior Bowl, and I keep going back to it because we all know how much Chris Ballard loves Senior Bowl, but Jaden Reed tore it up at Senior, senior Bowl. His one on ones were, I mean, a thing of beauty. Completely un, <laughs> unraveled DBs the entire the entire week. Uh, it was great to see. Really great to see. Um, so he's on, he's on my, on my list. Um, I would not be upset at, uh, Caillou Blue Kelly. That's another one that I, I thought might be like very under the radar in the later rounds. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Jacorian Bennett is another one that I think yeah, might make a solid yeah. fit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now Tajay Spears has been on my radar from Tulane. Um, 
I know we don't need a running back per se because we have like eighty thousand of them on on the roster. I'm I'm being super dramatic. There's, there's only one. Uh, <laughs> you, you beat me by one second. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that there is not a whole lot of confidence in from me. Let me say that from my lens of who is behind Jonathan Taylor. Like you know, Deion Jackson has some production. Zach Moss has some production, and then it's like a bunch of guys who play special teams. Um, including the the running back that we signed today, uh, Darrington Evans. Like also, I think we had Jake Funk too. Yeah, we do. Uh, <laughs> and then there's another there's another guy. What's his name? Scamplin is his last name. I'm probably butchering his last name, but there it's just a bunch of guys who like are running backs, but also have special teams ability. So there's not really yeah. a whole lot of confidence there of like, hey, we could have a really nice one two punch. So I would not be upset with with drafting a running back. Um, now, the other thing to think about is, I know we don't necessarily need one, especially because we just signed a tight end today as well, uh, and Pharaoh Brown, but Payne Durham from Purdue, blocking tight end. He is also at Senior Bowl as well. Uh, now, he's not going to wow you. He's not a big body, you know, 6'7", 267 pound, you know, kind of guy. But he's got nice hands on him and can block, and he would be, I feel like, another sort of Jack Doyle, you know, sort of fit here. So, mm-hmm. just... Keep that in mind. Um, anything else is house money at that point. If you want to go get another edge rusher, you want to like add to that that you know that left side. By all means, please do. You want to go get us a D tackle, somebody who's actually going to produce behind Buckner and and Grover Stewart. By all means, please do because who we have is 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 not producing. Not a lot. <laughs> not a whole lot. Um, yeah, I really side note. I'm really like disappointed in whatever happened to Eric Johnson because he's on the roster and I feel like it was just like a, oh we drafted him and like that was it. Uh, <laughs> so I do want to add that. another receiver in there too. Um, Parker Washington. Like I, I've seen mm-hmm. him, you know, become a late round pick, which I thought he was gonna be one of the top receivers going. And now everything I see, he's like mocked to like the fourth, fifth, sixth round sometimes. Um, but like Parker Washington out, out of Penn State, I think he would be a good ad- addition. He's like explosive. <laughs> From when you watch the film, he's very explosive. Um, and he he reminds you of the Debo Samuel type build. And again, mm-hmm. he is a smaller receiver. He's I think five ten, five eleven, but he's like two hundred and fifteen pounds or something like that. So um, he's a little tank out there running around. So yeah it was like 215 pounds at 510 like yeah it's a ninja turtle (laughs) (laughs) i've got a couple more for the trenches in the late rounds i believe justin maybe this might be the same uh interior d lineman from texas moro ajomo is that maybe uh the guy that you might were talking about um and then i had uh, abdullah from an edge rusher out of louisville Mm -hmm. and then i had Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas center on my list Ooh. out of the sixth round. But now that we have Kelly back, I don't know. I don't know if they're we're going to go that route or not. They're still going to draft a center. Go for it. Push him. I'd be good with the competition be the best thing for Kelly. Yeah, probably right. And then my last one is uh, Muhammad Diabate. I probably butchered that one too. Linebacker from Utah. So those are some late round guys that I might target. Assuming we hit all our marks in the early rounds and then we're able to build some depth in those late rounds. That's what I'd be looking at. All right. I like those. I like those a lot. All right. So last topic that we had was speaking of Ryan Kelly, Ryan Kelly and Kenny Moore are back, right? They're being kept. Uh, But Chris Ballard did say that there was trade offers on the table that he declined because he felt like they were good folks and we like the good players that they are. I'm curious as to whether or not you guys think that this will last through the season of whether or not like one of them will be traded be- before the trade deadline next season. I think uh, Kelly probably has the, 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 the bigger chance of getting traded before the deadline. Uh, especially depending on if we draft a center early enough. Um, Again, he had one 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 bad season, so you know, if he carries it over this season, then yeah, I think he's a goner. Kenny, Kenny, Kenny can uh, I think Kenny can pull himself back up, um, to to the Pro Bowl form that he is, or was. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think currently it's a bigger need, right? Well, I mean, I can't. That's weird to say, but I, I, we, we're very thin at corner, and I think Kenny has a bigger mm-hmm. potential to actually help us there. Whereas right. Ryan Kelly, I could see maybe another team has an injury playoff team. Somebody needs to add depth, and and maybe we've drafted some front linemen, and then we're able to just maybe move on from him. Somebody because I so I could also if somebody's going to be traded, I I personally feel like it'd probably be Kelly first. I think we're going to need Kenny more. Um, for this season, I, I think both are tricky situations. With with Kenny, he had a down year, and it's easy to say that it's coincidental that he got paid and then he declined. But we don't know if that's true or not. It could have been other reasons that he had a down year. It could be completely unrelated. Um, he could come out and perform this year and be just fine. And then with Ryan Kelly, he was coming off a major personal life issue that who knows what kind of impact that had and and maybe that impacted his play last year maybe not I don't know uh at the very least I see this as Ballard saying hey I like you guys but you got to perform this is still a business so hey um I'm investing in you I had offers for you I'm keeping you but you you gotta you gotta hold up your end of the bargain so I I think it's going to come down to how how they respond Mm -hmm. Chris, you got thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't think. I mean, Kenny really. I don't. Th- I don't think he played terribly last year. Um, when he was playing, I think he, you know, he got hurt, whatever. But um, it's a new defensive scheme where he really didn't know where he fit at in that scheme. Um, year two, I feel, would be a little bit better for him because now, like we all said, the cornerback room is thin. They're going to rely on that veteran corner because we're going to have a bunch of young corners out there. Um, Dallas flowers may get some burn. You may, we may draft two or three corners in this draft or pick one up, you know, pick one up as a rookie free agent. Um, But we're definitely going to address that cornerback room and Kenny Moore, Isaiah Rogers, they're going to have to be there to pick them, you know, pick up the rookies. Um, So I think Kenny Moore will most likely stay throughout the season maybe get paid at the end of the season because I think his, this is a contract year for him, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, it is a contract year for him. Final because, year of his contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. Final year of his contract. Um, and I think Ryan Kelly, I could see him being the one that's moved. I, I mean, because I think we take a center in this draft. We still have uh, Pinter, and I could see where it's easy to move on from him at that point. Um and especially, like, I believe Kev said, if a team needs a center, playoff team, because maybe that center gets hurt uh, and they get desperate, send over a couple draft picks or whatever to get Ryan Kelly, I could see that happening. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. Um, I think that you likely haven't seen the last of the offers for for Kenny Moore and Ryan Kelly. Um, like Shameless plug, I did write about that too. Um, but... <laughs> But uh, I think the the larger thing for, for Kenny particularly is finding his role in Gus Bradley's defense. Um, it's not really reliant on a nickel corner like that. Um, and Kenny, in my opinion, he didn't have the opportunity to do what he does best, which is, you know, those open field tackles, those, hey, I'm going to be a ball hawk in coverage. I'm going to bring pressure off the edge. Like you didn't see that really for him, those opportunities. Um, so I think that, you know, Gus is going to have to figure out how to utilize Kenny in, in the best way possible, because outside of Kenny and, and Isaiah Rogers, like <laughs> who's, who's going to be the other starting corner? Um, I mean, at this point, you know, it would be, it would be, Hey, can we go, pl- can we go pull Julian Blackman to play corner? You know, because we, you know, we're in a bind. That's basically where the Colts are at. That's how thin they are at, at corner. Um, so I would, I would highly highly press upon them to to find a role for Kenny to be able to to improve especially if he wants to get paid this is a final year of his contract um and I could see if he has another down year yeah they're gonna cut ties right there and say thanks so much for playing like we appreciate you and and have a great day um so moon vibes I agree I think it will be better for for Kenny this year I think Kenny's still Kenny He's still a locker room guy. He still is a leader and can be a leader in the locker room with, with the, the young guys. Um, so I, I think we'll see a, a, a return to form for Kenny this year. And to Meg's point, I think 
just in general, center is, is more easily replaceable. So if we're talking about who's more likely to entertain trade offers, it probably is Kelly. Yep, would agree. All right, that was the end of my list. Unless you got anything else that you want to talk about that's been on your heart, that's been in your Twitter mentions. <laughs> yeah, Meg, I, I want to know what you're cooking. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> so, for anybody that's listening, um, apparently when you're when you're knowledgeable like I am when you start speaking up about you know sports in general as a woman like people feel entitled to tell you that you should go back to the kitchen um that you should you know do all kinds of things that like hey you don't know what you're talking about or whatever else cool fine um so yeah I had a a really lovely person today tell me hey I should go back to the kitchen um so So I, I don't, you know what, those comments to me are always hilarious because they always come from people with like avies that are not themselves, people with like, you know, six followers, you know, the real keyboard warriors out there. Um, and I don't, I don't have any issues with that at all. Like if you, if you disagree with my opinion, that's totally fine. Like, Hey, you're entitled to that, but I'm never going to come at you the way that you came at me. Like, right. Like I, I respect, oh, I will. I, <laughs> well, I will. let me say this. Hey, listen, let me say- <laughs> hey, listen, better you than me. <laughs> well, no. Hey, I already told y'all how I felt the other day on Twitter. You help, you leave with disrespect, you're gonna get it back. You're gonna definitely get it back. <laughs> you're gonna get it back. Exactly. <laughs> but hey, here's, here's... next time, Meg, anytime somebody says for y'all to stay in the kitchen, we got you. We got you. I, I appreciate that. I do. I do. Twitter um, asked me if I really wanted to call a misogynistic a-hole a misogynistic a-hole. And yes, Twitter, I really did want to call it a misogynistic a-hole. <laughs> I appreciate that. I do. Um, But it it comes with the territory, right? Like I knew that this would be like kind of that, hey, people are going to give their opinions about it because, hey, now I'm I'm making a name for myself, which again, I have no issue with. But yeah, don't don't come over here if you don't want to talk about it. Like, don't don't ask me my opinion if you don't if you don't want to seriously have a conversation. Um, I'll tell you where I'm not knowledgeable on things, but I know what I'm talking about for most of the time. I don't like opening up my mouth if I'm if I'm like not knowledgeable about something. I'll be like, nope. I don't know anything. Like I'm just gonna sit here and look and and listen. Um, but you guys know, and if you follow me, you know that like, hey, I've been around for a while. I've been ranting from my couch, and now I rant in public forums, organized fashion, with all my all my uh, all my thoughts and all my research, um, and making sure that I you know I put together coherent thoughts. So that's what I'm cooking up today. Is just hey, you know what? You stay over there. I'll be all. I'll be fine. I'll be over here succeeding. You'll be over here probably, you know, beating up your keyboard just because you're so angry about me talking about sports. So. But that's what I'm cooking up today. I guess we'll add that to the segments from now on. Like, <laughs> what am I cooking yeah, up? Yeah, we could definitely add that. That'll, that'll be like, you know, the closing. Get like a little hey, sound know, bite for it, too. Up. Like, welcome to Meg's Kitchen. Listen, and I kept I kept it light tonight, man. I need to just start bookmarking these things because it happens all the time. People get like real feisty in the mentions. And I'm like, oh, are you OK? Do you need a oh, hug? Like, <laughs> you're on your Shaq Leonard uh, arc now, huh? Start, Listen, start liking just, all the haters tweets. Yeah, I was going to say, I might just start doing like Shaq does and just start liking like, like, like. Just let people run wild. You know, I'm going to say Colts Twitter is not the place to come if you don't like to hear intelligent women's opinions on Colts and football. I'm just going to say that. Would agree. Would wholeheartedly agree. There's a lot of smart ladies out there, a lot, a lot of smart ladies in Colts Twitter um, who are super knowledgeable. So appreciate that. That's all I got. No, for sure. That's all I got. Anything else, guys? Sorry for being late, guys. (laughs) <laughs> listen the fact, the fact that our podcast has been way more calm since you've been here has been just a testament like, it's been night and day when i say oh, boom shit. came in and like caused chaos boom and came left, in hot about will levis real hot about will levis I'm, I'm telling you that kind of energy that passion he's going he's going somewhere <laughs> will levis ain't gonna like it but he's going somewhere <laughs> Listen, if Will Levis ends up being our quarterback, like we gotta buy Boom a jersey, like straight up. <laughs> He'll burn it. <laughs> He'll burn it. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have get it off your chest. We'll just be uh, Boom's weekly Levis rant if we do. Or send some, <laughs> send some mail to his house or something. <laughs>
All right, well, that, that, that is all we have for this episode. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we want to do an, an uh, outro of saying where you are, where people can find you. Chris, where can people find you on the on the, the internet? Yeah, so you can find me at horseshoepride.com, you know, where all of us write and, you know, have our opinion on the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at DropBallsPod. You know, I, I'm I'm on Twitter pretty much all day, every day while I'm working. Um, I work from home. So, you know, life is great with that. So <laughs> I get to do a lot of things that I enjoy. Um, so, yeah, you can find me at Drop Balls Pod. And also you can find my podcast, uh, Drop Balls Podcast on any major podcast platform. Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, all of the above. So, yeah. Awesome. Kev, tell people where they can find you. All right. Well, you can find me anywhere the internet is made at Bite Size Sports. We got podcasts, YouTube channels, all of that stuff. And other than that, I would say go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Kev Nevitt because tomorrow I'm doing something pretty cool. I'm actually uh, beginning my journey as a mixed martial arts play-by-play. Or is it punch-by-kick commentator? I don't really know. I should probably ask, but... Starting tomorrow, that's a job of mine. And uh, if you want to hear more about it, just follow me on Twitter. I'm not going to take up any more of your time, but I'm very excited to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Punch by kick is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chip, where can the people find you? If you can find my name, you can find me online. Um, in, in the real world, you might find me anywhere. So next week's New Orleans. <laughs> I love it. He's the heir apparent to Waldo. be like Chip, man. And I was going to say, I want to be like Chip when I grow up. <laughs> I want to grow up and be like Chip when I grow up. All right, but Justin, yeah. where can the people find you? Uh, on Twitter and, and pretty much any social media. It's the good guy, Jay. Um, no, writer for the Horseshoe Pride now. We about to get that on and popping, you know. So, yeah, I'm around. I'm not I'm not a, 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 a traveler like Chip, but, you know, I'm in the public. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter. It's at the Megan Hall. Same thing on Instagram. Uh, I do have a podcast called Real Life Blue Stories. Kev is my lovely co-host. That is on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can also find my writing on coltswire.usatoday.com. That's writing from me and our entire staff. You know, I did say I write in an organized fashion now. You know, some some light. Um <laughs> Uh, thank you, Moon Vibes. We appreciate that. He said tonight's show was a whole vibe. Listen, this is us all the time. So if you think this is great, like catch us during the season because it is, <laughs> like this during is chill. This is really good. chill. Yeah, yeah during the season is gonna be crazy, especially it's if gonna we're get losing. crazy. Yeah, we didn't even. Yeah, I was gonna say if we're, if we're losing, oh, oh, the podcast okay, is gonna be. If we win it, we gonna be hype. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everyone watching and listening, and we'll see you next week or in two weeks, rather. Yeah. There you go.